Welcome to Northgate Christian Fellowship's weekly message series. And now, here is Pastor Jeff Stewart. Good song. We're going to be singing that at the end, and you'll see how, uh, how appropriate it is and what uh, we have before us. Uh, the last few weeks, Ken has been talking about a few sub-themes that I'd like to put together that I think are appropriate for us, a few weeks ago, he was talking about uh, disappointments. And we had disappointments consistently before us. Last week, he was talking about hindrances. And I see a relationship between the two. As I was thinking about those sub-themes uh, sub that, that I've dealt with in my life that I'd like to share with you this morning, I think that you'll be able to share with as well, being uh, someone who is uh, on the adventure of following Christ. It's something we need to be aware of. A week ago Friday, I was on the way to uh, Oakley to uh, officiate at a high school football game that uh, Kay actually, I got, got to see Kay out there at uh, Freedom High School. But on the way there, I realized that as you go to uh, Oakley from here, there is, uh, during Friday afternoon on <laughs> Highway 4, a certain condition that you have to be aware of. And I was aware of that, especially from Bay Point to Hillcrest. Uh, and I realized that how long it would take. So I made time in order to deal with that particular problem. It took me about an hour to get through that uh, little area. But one thing I didn't anticipate is that I got, as I got off the Oakley exit, heading down, I think it's Narrowly Road, is that how you pronounce that? Okay, I just, it looks like gnarly. It should be Gnarly Road to me. <laughs> but as I'm heading down there, I get right to the point of getting to where I see the high school, and there's a big, giant barrier in the way that has white and orange boards on it. It always makes me hungry for a dream sickle. <laughs> and, and a big black and yellow sign with a detour sign pointing to the left. And I, and I got frustrated with that because in my past experience, I know that people that put up detour signs sometimes don't put the detour signs up that need, you need to follow to continue the, the detour. And I thought, I'm not familiar with this, and hopefully they didn't do that. So I became frustrated because there was uncertainty with that. I knew the way there, and I could see how I could get there, but it, 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 I had a problem with it because I had my timing and how I wanted to get there and when I wanted to get there. And that was thrown in the way. I didn't like that. But that's something we encounter as well in our adventure with Christ. And you'll see that in the title this morning, Detours of Uncertainty. It's appropriate for us. If you look around, you'll see that we're in transition. We've got these uh, chains hanging down and the wires hanging down and all these things. And I'm having to step over this cord. I may trip a couple times. But we're in transition because we're getting ready to make a move. Now, is it just recently that we've been in transition? No. We have been in transition for a long time. We were in transition when I got here about five years ago. <laughs> And I remember conservatively thinking, we'll be up there on that hill in three years. I didn't want to set myself up for disappointment. I thought three years is a good conservative thing to, to think where you, know, where you don't become disappointed with it. But no, it's been longer than that. All we have to do, it seems so simple, is go up that hill just a little ways. And in order to show that, I, I did a thing on MapQuest that you might be interested in seeing. I put in six zero. 14 Egret Court to 2201 Lake Herman Road. And look what it says down here. If you'll highlight the next one, it, it says right here, two minutes. <laughs> and it's a mile 27. No way. You see, the problem, MapQuest does not have the data that we have, do they? 
You ever done a map quest and they don't have the data that you're supposed to have and you know? My GPS still tries to tell me when I'm going west or east on 780 to get to the left side if I want to go south on 680. Now, I know now that you're supposed to, you know, do the opposite because they switched the lanes. They don't have the data. That's what we have. There are certain things that we don't understand that, that are, are become, become frustrations for us because we take those things into consideration. And they're barriers, and we become frustrated with these barriers and detours of uncertainty. We have had all kinds of barriers, symbolic orange and white boards with black and yellow signage, disappointment. Hindrances, unfamiliarity, uncertainty, and we've been through a bunch. And right now, I'm telling you, we're standing at a few of those that are presently with us. They're right in front of us, a few uncertainties. And dare I say, there will be some when we get up on the hill. Now you want to say, Jeff, think positive. Okay, I'm positive. We'll have a few of those when we get up on the hill. It's just a part of life. It's just something that comes before us, and we have the frustration that goes with it. We have a frustration that goes with it. But I'm here to tell you this morning, and I proclaim this with confidence, there is purpose. We need to realize that. I'm not going to say there is a purpose. There is purpose. And I want you to think of that this morning, and to think of that in your life. There is purpose. It's an ongoing thing. And I think it's pretty well... Spelled out in Psalm 103. A, a week ago Thursday, Ken read this in our devotions at staff. And all of us on staff are having different reactions to some of the uncertainties that we're facing before us. And we have different ways of responding to them. And he read the whole psalm, but I'd like to read Psalm 103, verses 13 through 19 at the core of this passage. Listen as I read these words. Psalm 103, 13 through 19. The Father has compassion on his children... So the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it and it is gone. And his place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him, and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. I'd like to focus this morning on the purpose part, verse 17. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him. That is written several times in the Old Testament. What is from everlasting to everlasting? What does it mean? It sounds redundant. And I learned in high school when I took English class, you're not supposed to be redundant. I always wondered why I had to take English. I had kind of a negligible attitude with taking English because I speak it. Why do I have to take it? But there are all these kinds of rules and I didn't realize until after uh, I became a, a follower of Christ and I took other languages like the classical, classic languages, Greek and Hebrew and Aramaic, that, well, pardon me for saying this if you're an English major or writer, but English is kind of arrogant language because it's a derivative. It's a hybrid of all kinds of languages, and it makes rules up that those other languages never follow. The Hebrew person writing this is trying to em- emphasize something that we need to realize. 
from everlasting to everlasting. It literally means from always before us moving ahead to the always ahead of us. From always before us to moving ahead to the always be, uh, before us. It's olam ad olam, literally, and it means that. And there's an eternity, if you think about it. We've got this moment. There's eternity behind us. We started this service, and that's gone. It's part of the eternity behind us. And we're going to finish, hopefully on time. <laughs> and there's eternity ahead of us. It's part of the eternity ahead of us. What's in between those two? It's right now. It's right now, and God is trying to let us know that there is a presence and there is provision right now at this moment. God wants us to realize now. It's even in his name when Moses asked about what his name is. He's the forever being. From the beginning to the end, forever being. And Jesus has given that name in Revelation, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. There's right now. And God is with us in this moment. We forget about that, but there is purpose. There is purpose. I'm going to share this morning what I think that means and why there is purpose from my own convictions, from my own experience, based on what God's Word says and, and what I've been through even in my own life, the detours of uncertainty. From everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear Him. First of all, I believe this. It means that God is the authority. God is the authority. We often say God is in control, and we, we throw that around, I think, sometimes too much. But that's what that means. God is the authority. God knows what He's doing. And we don't always know what we're doing. That's why we're disappointed with these hindrances. That's why we're frustrated with some of these detours, having to go another way. David understands that. David lived a life that was full of barriers. Going the other way when he didn't expect to. He, he thought he had one particular objective to reach, and there were all kinds of detours in his life. Listen to what he says in verse 19. The Lord has established His throne. Authority in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Think of the Lord's Prayer. That's what Jesus taught in the Lord's Prayer. The challenge for us in believing that is that it's a matter of perspective. God's purpose has a perspective. And we need to realize we have our own perspective. God has his perspective. God is the authority. We have a skewed angle on life. I confess that. I have that problem myself. That's why detours seem to provoke this uncertainty and this frustration. Now, one thing I learned when I first moved here to, uh, to Benicia is there is an abundant population of ants. <laughs> I didn't know that. When I first moved into our house, I called a realtor and I said, we've got ants. And our realtor said, welcome to Benicia. <laughs> and we've, we've had them in this building. I'm sorry to say, they'll probably move up there with us. <laughs> but what's amazing to me, these little tiny ants, they make this line. You see them go from one area to another and they're on a mission and they're going back and forth on these little teeny lines and I was telling Pam about we got we have ants in the bathroom she says oh you can take care of that just go get some Windex I thought well sounds like Greek you know wedding whatever it is <laughs> she said spray some Windex on your finger Pam is very resourceful spray some Windex on your finger and draw a line perpendicular to those ants and she's watch what they do and it was almost like the movie ants. You drew it across there and they stopped and they start going in circles like they didn't know what to do. <laughs> Their mission was disrupted. And it was amusing for us. And sometimes we think God is doing the same thing, spraying his finger with Windex and putting it across our line. God doesn't do that. We do it for amusement purposes. 
But we don't have the perspective of the ants. It looks simple to us, but it must be huge to them. Every time I fly on United Airlines, I always put the headphones on and I click into Channel 9. Anyone know what Channel 9 is? It's not country music, it's not classics, not even oldies. It's a pilot talking to the control tower. It's a pilot talking to air traffic control on the ground. It's fascinating to me to hear that. And what happens is the air traffic control, they have the perspective that the pilots don't have. They're watching out for the pilots. I remember once coming, when I was working in Denver, coming back from Charlotte to Denver, we had to go to Chicago from Charlotte, and they were, all the planes were diverted all the way to Joplin, Missouri because of weather. Every plane was diverted, and they had to follow this little corridor in between the, the uh, thunderstorms. And they were all complaining. They were all complaining to the air traffic control. They had no, they had no reason to because they had the perspective. The air traffic control was the authority. The pilots weren't. And they had to follow that. And it's the same thing we have with God. God has the perspective. God has the authority. God has purpose. We need to navigate the way God does. Just recently, last February, I, I flew from, from here down to San Diego for a conference. And what was really cool is we were flying over Los Angeles, about 30,000 feet, and I could see the whole city. The biggest geographic uh, city area in the country. Maybe one in the world. It was amazing to me to look down and, and see the little tiny Hollywood sign, and see the little tiny Dodger Stadium, little tiny Anaheim Stadium, little, little Disneyland down there. And looking down there, it just looked so simple. Why do people have traffic jams? <laughs> looked like easy to get from one point to the other, but we don't have the perspective. God does. God came down and knows that perspective. God's the authority. God understands that. Who's in charge? Well, we think we are. We have a closed, self-centered, our-world perspective on life. We're foolish enough to think that we are in charge, but Jesus said this in the preamble to the Great Commission in Matthew 28. He said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, He's got us on a mission. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. You see the purpose in that? You see the authority in that? There's something that God wants us to do. He has authority over that purpose. And Jesus uses that word to mean the influence and the jurisdiction that we have on this earth. Our little sovereignty. God gives us a little sovereignty with a small s. And God lets us do things by freedom. And we, lo we lose the insight of his perspective when we have our own. His proclamation is that he has total influence and jurisdiction and should cause us to seek him out. He's a big, big, huge God. And we are special, but we're little, little, tiny people. Like those little ants. And that's why God proclaims to us from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fears him. It means God has the authority. It also means that God's timing is absolute. His timing is perfect. And we don't understand that in the detours of uncertainty that we have in our lives. I know I wanted to get to Freedom High School in a certain time frame. But I couldn't get there. And I got there on time. And I had to trust those signs. And I followed them and I got there. Wouldn't you say that you didn't expect us to be here this morning? About six months ago or a year? A lot of us thought we'd be already up there. But we are here. We are here right now. We didn't expect that. 
Verse 14 in, in Psalm 103 states this, He knows how we are formed. It's another matter of perspective. It's timing. He remembers that we are dust. You know what that means? It means God created humanity out of nothing. What makes that? What, what's that make us? It doesn't make us nothing. But by God's grace, he made us something. He could easily reverse the process any time he wanted to. He made us out of nothing. And he remembers that, but he loves us. He remembers that. When we look to get to our destination, it's a matter of perspective. I see a detour. I'm frustrated because I'm not certain how long it will take me to get to my destination. And he remembers the nature of how he made me. In 2 Peter 3.8, there's the reverse. Peter understands that as well. He says, but do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years. And a thousand years are like a day. It's a perspective of the timing. God remembers that we are death. We forget. Remember what the timing is that God has for us. He remembers we forget. I forget. Reminds me of that little quip. Maybe you've heard it before. Where the person came before God and was asking some questions. And he asked God, what is, what is a, a thousand years like to you, God? And God said, well, it's like a day to me. And the person was thinking, well, what's a million dollars seem like to you, God? And God said, well, it's, it's like a penny to me. And the person said, hmm, God, can I have a penny? <laughs> and God said, just a minute. Some of you think about that, you'll get it. <laughs> That's the perspective we have. We want things immediately. We don't understand that God has the timing for us. Last week, I think that there is a, 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 a bit of an um, illustration in this hydraulic area, uh, work aerial platform that we rented for a week. We had a week's time with it. You got a picture up here of, of Dave and, and Brian up on that thing. And it was, it was fun to play with, but it was, there were, there were times where we needed to do work up in the very high ceiling, you'll see up there, that necessitated us to do it right away. Because we only had a week's time with this. And so some things were put aside because we, we only had so much time to work with this thing. Now, let's animate this aerial work platform. Let's give it a will. Let's give it a mind of its own, sort of like us. And it decides it doesn't want to work up at 2201 Lake Herman Road. There's, there's a project three weeks from now that's more fun, say a, a sports stadium or something, that, that would be more fun. And it leaves us and goes to work with that particular situation. And it's there be, too early because the people aren't ready for it and it deprives us of our work because we need to benefit from it. And that's what we do sometimes. With God's timing. We don't understand. We want to be a certain place at a certain time. And we don't understand. We're leaving other situations behind where God can use us to benefit His will and His purpose. His timing is absolute. We, we need to understand that. We need to trust. I can be that way where I want to move ahead of God and not realize His purpose. God wants to accomplish His purpose through each of us and every person, everyone here. And his timing is absolute and perfect to that end. You know, maybe he's not ready for us to be up there because he's working on the lives of, of 10 or 20 or 30 people here. There's just some detour with his timing in order for character to be forged out. 
God is the authority. And God's timing is absolute. From everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those. And that means that God's timing is absolute. It finally connotes that God's cause is aggregate. Big money word for you. But it's the most appropriate word. And besides, I'm a Rick Warren wannabe, so it begins with an A, and all the other things begin with an A. (laughs) But it's the most appropriate word. It means a collection of many things that are diverse in order that one thing can be accomplished or one project. That's the nature of, of the construction up on the hill. We have to wait for certain phases. They're all aggregate, but they all accomplish one thing, one facility where we can meet. There's, there's a very big diversity between the electricity and the plumbing and, and the sprinklers and all those things. But God wants to accomplish His purpose in a multifaceted way. And that's part of His purpose. That's part of His authority. That's part of His timing. Listen to Psalm 103.13. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear Him. His children. Those, they're plural. I learned that in English. They're plural. And there's a purpose for that as well. It's never been God's intention to work and operate through anyone singular. Oh, you may say, Jesus Christ is only begotten Son, but even the nature of God is aggregate. We can't explain the Trinity, God in three persons. There's oneness there and there's three expressions. God has never intended for anything to be done solely and singular including his own mysterious being. I have three children. And I'll tell you, they are an aggregate bunch. They are very different. They don't even look alike. And, they, and their characteristics are very different. But they are all product of Tina and me. I know. They are an aggregate bunch. But they are one. And that is God's design. There is so much diversity to them and it makes things fun when we're at holidays together. And I miss, the, I miss those times. But I can guarantee you that they are a collection of a unit that turns into a mass or a body. And that's what we are. And Jesus even used that. God's Word talks about us as a body. Does that sound familiar? Right now, I've, I've, I've got a... I don't know if you've been noticing, I've been limping around here. It's not... It's, Stepping over that, but I've, all the officiating stuff I'm doing, my knee is starting to get agitated. And I keep thinking, well, the more exercise, the better. No, no, it's not <laughs> happening that way. The more I run, the worse it gets. And I, I realize, you know, as I try to compensate for it, I'm using muscles in areas, that I, and then it starts hurting over here. <laughs> and I'm 52 years old, and keep, people keep telling me, that's age, that's age, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> but the body is an amazing thing that God has made. It's aggregate. It's aggregate. There are so many parts to us that work differently, yet we are one. We are one. And that's what God says in His Word. A stone wall is an aggregate thing. Listen to what God's Word says in uh, talking about that as a, uh, in First Peter uh, 2. It says, as you come to Him, the living stone, rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to Him, you also like living stones, plural, are being built into a spiritual house, singular, to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. That's purpose. You see, the structure does not consist of one entity. 
It has a unified purpose and look to it. But it does not consist of one entity. And every person here is important. Kenneth said it and I say it as well. We're not moving to a building because we're great and we don't want to worship that building. We want to know that God is working through building us. And that's a facility, a place where God can continue that work from everlasting to everlasting. It's, it's now, but it's also for God's consideration of working through us in the future, which is ahead of us. We're not singular. Our own perspective in life sometimes deceives us into thinking that, but we are a collection of units. Paul teaches that in Romans 12. He says these words, just as each of us has one body with many members, each is singular, many members is plural, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. There's purpose. We have detours of uncertainty, but there is purpose. God's the authority. God's timing is absolute. His cause is aggregate. And He has something for all of us at Northgate and in His church universal, wherever you may be called to serve Him, in order to bring about what God wants to through your character and through the church universally. But we're speaking specifically of Northgate at this point. We have disappointments. We have hindrances. We have unfamiliarity. We have uncertainty. But it's from everlasting to everlasting that the Lord's love is with those who fear Him. It's here. It's now. In closing, I want to share something that happened to me personally. I was a pastor of a church in Erie, Pennsylvania from 1989 to 1998, almost 10 years. And it was a good experience because the church grew. We had new families come in. But something happened along the way. A lot of barriers became hindrances to continue ministry there. In 1998, I decided to move on in ministry, but I couldn't find anything. I had six months to find another ministry, and I had nothing. I had a dream somewhere around that time that was pretty interesting. I'm not one of these people that goes into the visions and stuff, but I believe God put this in my heart and in my mind. I was in a hotel. I was dreaming that I was in a hotel. And I asked the desk if I could have a new room, because the, the room I was in wasn't any longer functional for me. And they said, yes, you can have a new room. Here's the number. And I looked and looked and looked and walked and walked. And finally, I found the door. And I opened the door, and it was the exit. (laughs) And it was not too long after that that I couldn't find anything in ministry. And I was back in the corporate world. It was very frustrating for us. We didn't know what God was doing. I thought, okay, God, I'm out of ministry. You don't want me here anymore. There's a purpose for this, Lord. I didn't realize that those three years were very instrumental in forging me and forming me into something that he wanted me to be. And God allowed me by his grace to be a part of this ministry. And in two weeks, I get to be up on the hill with everyone celebrating the new facility and hoping that God will continue to work through all of us. I ask you to bow in prayer. Lord, as we walk with you, we have objectives and we have our will. And it is by your miracle and your grace that you give us a little bit of sovereignty. Lord, help us to understand 
that there are times when you can thwart our purpose. That it is a better choice for us. That something that you have in your design is a blessing. And that it is in consideration from the very beginning all the way to the very end. That we are just a particle. But we are special because you've made us in your image, Lord. And so, Lord, we ask that we would trust you. We know that you understand us fully. But we ask that you would fortify our faith. And put our love to the test. So that we can rejoice and unquestion your purpose and design. That way we will be able to serve you, Lord. And your purpose can be accomplished through us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. We trust that you'll join us again soon for another uplifting message from Northgate Christian Fellowship located in Benicia, California. 